All right. Welcome to Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nellie J. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> what up, everyone? Yo, Fahim, I'm pumped. You want to know why I'm pumped? Because this Tell is why. episode number 10. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Folks, <laughs> 10 in the books. We are so excited, guys. Like, honestly, we're so blessed. We're so thankful for all the viewers and listeners, all the feedback. Much appreciated. Hashtag Good Tuesdays. We're so excited. Our guests are no strangers to our uh, podcast family. So Fahim, please introduce who we got on the show today. All righty. So first, <laughs> we have somebody who uh, is really mainly a UFC uh, fighting uh, person to say um, but I have to say he knows also boxing also. He knows the fight game very well. So we've had conversations on many occasions and uh, just due to the fact that tonight is pretty much a boxing heavy uh, conversation. I think he'd be perfect to come in and uh, grace us with his, his insight. So first up tonight, we have Nick. Nick, Nick, hey. Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. All right, Nick, uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, what you got going on. Right now I'm on vacation, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> but aside from that... Well, Harvey, uh, that's a leg up, you're all like relaxing. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is actually, I'm actually right now in my gaming setup. So I'm doing a little bit of gaming streaming. Um, although recently I've been actually playing uh, NBA 2K and I'm horrible at it, so I'm not streaming any of it because <laughs> I, I can't be bothered being embarrassed like that. But um, yeah, I'm into a little bit of that, a little bit of, uh, as you see above me here, a little bit of music playing. Um, I do actually train a little bit of Muay Thai too, so uh, cool. I do have some of the technical insight into um, some of the combat sports too. Nice. And our second guest tonight on the podcast is not a stranger to the podcast at all. At all. Been with us before, gave some really good insight before. Um, I heard he's coming tonight and I was like, okay, let's get, let's, yeah. let's do this because he's, he's definitely got a lot to offer. So we got Danny G. Danny, so, Danny, Danny. Super, so the chanting, the <laughs> chanting is mad different on here, but I love it. Uh, Super stoked to be back on. I'm actually really excited. Um, it's funny because I was on the first one, and uh, I know you. I said you guys gonna have me back, and I couldn't find the invite anywhere. So eventually, the invite <laughs> randomly showed up a couple days ago. So super stoked to be back on. Uh, for those who are familiar with me, for those who aren't, um, big sports fan. I try to uh, be super diversified, be up to the times on everything. Uh, mainly sport of choice is obviously basketball, but. Uh, I'm pretty knowledgeable in uh, all the other sports, big league fan. Uh, you know, that's uh, very, very interesting amongst my own social circle. Nellie can testify to that, but uh, <laughs> super stoked about their additions too. I just had to plug that in. They got a bunch of new players. So Wayne I'm Simmons. so whenever the season comes back around. Yeah, Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton, you know, a bunch of guys, uh, Jimmy BC. So I'm stoked, but uh, glad to be on. Looking forward to uh, all things boxing tonight. Nice. Awesome. So the intro question for y'all today was kind of a little bit of different. I want you guys to tell us if you could have a COVID walk, okay, a COVID walk, like, you know, we're going to be COVID today, so have your mask on, and you can bump it to someone randomly on the street, like, like tomorrow, right? 
who could you like wish to bump into on the street tomorrow with your mask on and be like, hold up, is that so-and-so and why? Just out of curiosity, like which person would you want to desperately see it during this time, during COVID, on the road, in Toronto or wherever you are in Ontario, who would you love to bump into? Alive or like? Alive, yeah, alive, alive. alive. Tomorrow, tomorrow, alive. tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to get too much into a segue here. No, it could be anything, an athlete, an actor. It doesn't have to be a, a sport person. It could be anyone. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, one, it's kind of – I don't want to get too much into maybe some of the things we might end up talking about, but, I mean – That's fine. Meeting Mike Tyson would be pretty damn cool. Mm. Mm. Okay. He'd be dope. I think it'd be very funny to, like, kind of just, like, you know, talk some shit to kind of thing, you know, like – yeah, and, and stories <laughs> for sure. And he's one of those guys that you can ask, like, you can ask him about Napoleon and he'll talk for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he just knows a lot about weird stuff that he doesn't get asked about too often. So I'd like to just ask that guy something about, like, you know, Genghis Khan and hear him talk for an hour. <laughs> cool. What about you, Danny? Who could you bump into tomorrow uh, and be like, so happy to see? I'm disappointed that you guys are really boxing it into the live because we all know if we if we can go um on the death route i definitely know know, i'd rock with uh, yeah yeah but if we're staying on the um the uh fight team tonight based on uh, my guy nick's answer i would definitely say i would love to chop it up with john jones um Mm -hmm. such a interesting past and uh now he's still really active on social but i'm curious uh, to what's going on in his mind these days as he trains to uh, look to come back in the heavyweight uh, sector. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely who I'd take just to kind of pick his brain a little bit and see what he has uh, cooking up for 2021. So that's my answer on that. Okay, mm. cool. Cool answers, y'all. Cool answers, y'all. Nice. Him, take it away. All right. Um, so it's going to be definitely, as uh, Danny G was mentioning, it's going to be a boxing-heavy uh, episode today um, but I just want to make sure just if people maybe um, aren't or don't follow boxing we may have like a, a lot of casual people um, who maybe just in passing might see a big fight and, and tune in so I just want to make sure we get everyone on kind of on the same page um, in regards to the, uh, the fight game right now so I kind of have a take with this where I say with boxing um, it's kind of a mess it's not like the NBA or NFL or uh, Major League Baseball or MLS or where it's a league. So with boxing, what happens is you have many different sanctioned leagues. So you'll have like WBO, World Boxing Organization, WBA, uh, World Boxing Association, uh, WBC, World Boxing Championship, uh, IBF, International Boxing. So you have these different uh sanction that acts as leagues and the problem with that is when you have a boxer who maybe has a promotion company that deals with one particular league um, it makes it very hard to cross lines so it gets very political where it makes it hard for somebody who maybe maybe has a promotion company that maybe deals with the IBF to fight somebody who's maybe part of say the WBO and uh, it's really a messy and sticky situation right now because boxers right now have to go through their promotion companies, right? So the reason why I kind of have to give the background on that is um, the good thing that's happening with boxing is about 50 years ago or 
even 80 years ago, it was always, you know, you're the champ, who's next up? And you fight the next guy that comes up. Um, now, or actually around the 80s, when they got to the pay-per-view model, it went to, oh, I like boxing, uh, but you can only get it from pay-per-view. And then pay-per-view kind of alienated a lot of people was on general television. Reason why I have to bring that is right now, present day, what's happening is boxing is now making a shift from being primarily on pay-per-view and now transitioning to be on regular television. So you have promotion companies that may have exclusive deals with, say, for instance, Fox Sports, they'll have an uh, exclusive deal with a promotion company or uh, ESPN. Has, have one too with them. They have one with Top Rank. The mm -hmm. uh, Zone has one with um, a matchroom. So you have different promotion companies that are actually having deals instead of going the pay-per-view right route, they're going uh, uh, specifically to television, uh, which makes it actually great now because boxing right now in regards to the talent that's in boxing is really in a renaissance period right now. I think it's, it's like there's really a lot of great boxers coming out. And I think it's a perfect time right now for us to have this discussion uh, due to the fact that these are boxers that are going to be a bit more readily available to people where you can go on just regular TV and see these fights. So I think a lot of people, I, I think over the next few years, are going to, uh, I think, be more engaged with what's happening with boxing opposed to how it was maybe 20 years ago where you just had to get, you know, pay a hundred bucks for the pay-per-view and sit at home. Okay. <laughs> Anything. I, I know I just dropped a lot right there. Sorry. <laughs> like pay hundred bucks and, you know, stay, stay at home. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, Nick, anything to what I say? I just threw out a lot there. I'm just throwing it out. Just that was I want to make a sure lot, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lot. I mean, I mean, where do I start with that? I mean, okay. So, first, you were talking about like um, the different organizations, right? Mm. Um, and maybe the, the the mess associated with that. Right. Um, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to every model. I guess. Um, if you want to use like the most, probably the, I don't know if monopolistic is a word, but the most monopolistic, I just made up a word, um, <laughs> example would be possibly the UFC in the MMA realm where, okay, okay, of course you've got, um, you know, Bellator, Bellator as their right. primary competitor, but um, it's so much more dominant um, than the boxing organizations. Mm -hmm. So they've got their issues too. I mean, it's not like, it's not like in the UFC, the top contender always fights for the belt next. I mean, you're still at the whim of matchmakers. Um, you're still at the whim of finding a city. You're still at the whim of COVID. I mean, there's still all these variables. Um, and then the other issue too is like, what creates a scenario where the fighters get paid appropriately? And, you know, you could argue that the UFC is kind of put themselves in a position where they can really control what the fighters get paid. Whereas in boxing, I mean, sure, maybe the model isn't always as fan friendly because we don't always get to see the fights that we want when we want to see them. Mm -hmm. But um, at the same time, like the fighters are getting paid there. So they Way can more. kind of, they can kind <laughs> of um, play against each other. They're, it's almost like the fighters in a little bit more control of their situation. Mm -hmm. So I, I, like, I don't know that there really is a, a a best model for that um it's more just like what how do you prefer it and then the other thing is too is you were talking about the uh the cable situation i mean i haven't had cable in 10 years now so like what are we talking about when we say cable i mean you still got to pay to play i mean 
if you're going to pay for cable, you're paying, basically you're paying pay-per-view prices anyways, or you're going to be paying for multiple applications, whether it's the zone or whatever, or, uh, UFC fight pass, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, they found their way, sure it's cable, but it's really just like, you're still, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the month, you're still paying approximately the same prices. Yeah. About a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Danny G. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Nick's a, Nick's a tough act to follow. Uh, I think I'm going <laughs> to probably, <laughs> I'm probably going to focus in more on, you know, the fact that uh, you see a lot of these um, boxing events uh, veering away from the pay-per-view model and tapping into, you know, a lot of these streaming options, whether it be Danzen or like, like you mentioned, a couple of the other platforms that are available. Um, I see value in that from a standpoint of access, right? Like you could say to me, okay, well, pay-per-view is still there and people still have access but like for me it's a scenario where hey i could turn on my tv granted you know there's a couple loopholes here from the canada side but I, i'm sure from the american side they could turn on their tv and tap into those fights um whenever they're available what i do like about nick said is you know they're still making their money on the back end solely based on the fact that you know they send you a bill um, and you're paying for your cable package or whatnot. But I think that there is something to it from an access standpoint where, you know, me, if I'm a fan, you know, there's a higher percent chance that I'll be able to access a certain fight that I may have interest in, rather than having to kind of go through those various hurdles of like pay-per-view and like how that works, you know? So um, that's kind of my comment. I think Nick uh, carried a lot of the first part, but I figured uh, I'd capitalize on like the streaming and things like that. Mm. Yeah, and to add to both you guys, I think, you know, pay-per-view was good when we, when, you know, Earth was open, right? You know, you go to bars, because, you know, these bars, they, <laughs> yeah. they will pay money for pay-per-view, right? No, for real, like, they'll pay money, and they'll have, like, I remember, like, certain fights we on, like, every, like, bar downtown is, is packed, like, it's scheduled, you got to book a table. Yeah. So, now, with, with bars being closed, especially in Toronto and Peel region, like, we're watching at home now. So are you going to spend a hundred bucks for one fight? And some fights, if you watch the fights this weekend, were really quick. <laughs> like one fight was very quick. Yeah. So, you know, so there's KO. So I'm paying a hundred bucks for a KO fight of, of, of like two minutes. Is that worth my money? Not really. Right. You undercard, but some undercards are really boring to watch. So there's many factors in entertainment value, but I really think the boxing world, they should tap into these types of partnership with ESPN because they're now, asking for money like you know with, with the nba is over now mm -hmm. there's more room for these sites to say you know what we can actually add more boxing matches and, and partner with these guys because i think in the future hopefully we'll see more matches but also i think for boxers you know like nick said you know in the back of the day it was controlled by how many people back in the day but now like the like i'll say probably the, one of the most wealthiest athletes in the world is, is mayweather right and he owns his own company and he makes money off his own fights. That's a good investment for him because when he fights, he makes money off of profits, marketing, and his, his winnings too. So, you know, I think for a boxer, there's many ways now to make money, not only by yourself, but also as a promotional um, company and also signing other boxers too. So I think Mayweather, I think he's winning in the boxing game, to be honest, when it comes to money, for sure. That guy is balling. <laughs> I think one time he posted a picture of, of him, like, bathing in, like, money. Like, it was crazy. Like, this he's guy been awfully quiet, though. He has been lately. He has been. He has been. All right. Um, actually, I just want to say in regards to uh, Nick's point, I hear it, but $100 for one night or like one, maybe a few hour event 
opposed to like $100 that someone's going to pay for their cable package for the entire month that's included in there. I just think it's a lot more economical uh, to take that $100 and put it toward your cable package for the month and know that it's readily available for people. I just think that it being on regular cable, I know I use cable, but cable television, it, it just makes it more accessible because these are people that maybe wouldn't leave their home uh, to go to a bar or a friend's house, or maybe wouldn't pay the hundred dollars for the pay-per-view at least to know that if someone's flipping the channels and it's on, you know, I think it goes a long way. So that, and an example of that was ES, the, the fight that just happened uh, past weekend with uh, Lomachenko and Lopez that was on ESPN. And in Canada, TSN picked it up. I can't remember the last time that I've seen a fight of this quality live, on, live, live. on yeah. TSN. It was actually, actually, I had to double check because I was sending texts out, uh, just reminding people, like casual friends, you know, hey, if you're around, like try and see if you can see this fight. And someone hit me back and said, yeah, it's on TSN. And I was like, I, it, instantly, I was like, I don't might be a different fight you're talking about so i changed it to tsn and it was there and i was just like wow so i mean even things like that it, i mean it's going a long way and i can only see as time goes on um if tsn or just the regular channels sportsnet or any of these can start picking up these um i think it's just a good look for for, for the sport for sure i would say I would, I would agree that it is definitely a good look i mean being somebody who grew up with cable i mean it's, it's nice to know that that kind of option is there I will say, though, the thing you, you said about what is more economically uh, reasonable for the average customer, I mean, if, if you're getting a, a $100 pay-per-view, are you paying for that yourself? I mean, anytime there's been a pay-per-view involved in my situation, it's split amongst, like, the other yeah, four dudes who are at my place. Right, right, right. right so it's right, really right. only a $20 yeah. pay-per-view, and then whatever you're paying for on pizza and beer. Right. So, like, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where's that cable bill? That cable bill's on, on your tab at the end of the month, right? So, no, there's that fair. to consider, too. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, let's go to Zoned In. Uh, so, now it's a beautiful time right now for boxing. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, high-profile uh, fights that have been kind of floating around during COVID season right now. And isn't it weird I said COVID season? <laughs> this season needs to get over um so uh first of all nick you're a ufc guy primarily um danny g and me i guess we are boxing primarily uh we got conor mcgregor against manny pacquiao now i don't know how close they are confirming this but there's been a lot of floating around with it so it's, it makes for a good conversation to the fact that um, I think in regards to what, real quick, anybody, uh, Nelly J, what do you think the percentage of this, this fight happening? Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao. Well, Manny signed, right, with the same company as um, McGregor, this past, mm. like, I think last month. So to me, clearly, they're already trying to make on the back end it to happen. You know what I mean? So, so give me I a think, percentage. I think like 90%. All right. Nick? Hmm. I'll go with uh, 20%. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> are, we go ahead. A, are we putting a time frame on this? No, no time uh, frame. No, no time, time frame, frame, but... Just like, will it happen? Just will, will it happen? happen? I'll say 30%. 30%? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but no time frame. Ever. No time Ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to circle back around and get get your reasoning why. Danny, uh, Danny G? Uh, I'm at 50-50. 50-50. Uh, just based on some of the things I've been reading. 50-50. Oh, okay. All right, so Nick, I want to circle back. You said 30%. What's your reasoning behind things so low? Well, first of all, they basically have 20, January 23rd book with, booked with Poirier. So yeah. Um, I mean, that makes it so that whatever hype they're talking about right now is basically null and void. So then let's just say that, um, let's just say that they are still planning in some fantasy land that is, this is somehow going to happen. You're still looking at, okay, so January, the other thing too, is you probably need an audience too. So at best, you're looking at next fall, probably like maybe next October, November. How old is Manny going to be at that point? Yeah, like 40, 43, 40, 40, 40. Hey, LeBron's 40, whatever, 42. man. 41 like, already. AJ, yeah, nothing 42, anymore, yeah. son. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. That's true. And, uh, and it's LeBron, also, too, like, uh, you know, a guy who's a professional boxer versus arguably an, an amateur boxer. So, of course, man, he's probably, you know, he's probably going to take that fight no matter what just because of the money. But, I mean, the other aspect, too, is, I mean, all this stuff reeks of, uh, like, a like, a Floyd model of, you know, you just put stuff out there and like see what the buzz is. You know, you attach your um, promotional um, pieces to it, your promotional mm. names to it. You know, it's it to me, it just it's just this whole thing of like almost using um, using the media and the public to kind of gauge interest and to leverage against other things. I mean, is it a coincidence that? That um, McGregor's putting all this stuff out, and then a week later he's got a, a fight. Uh, basically signed with Poirier. I mean, while you know they were while they were negotiating for it, I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, you know, I just I just see all these things as like smokescreens and ploys. Yeah, it's possible. Like if there's enough public interest, the same way as the Mayweather thing was, there was just enough public interest and demand that they were like, okay, well, let's just do this. You know, and it was worth it. But like, you know, I sort of see this as a similar scenario. If if the public ends up sort of demanding it, which I think is less likely now because we already saw that experiment. And, you know, do we really need to see it again? Um, I mean, yeah, I'd watch, but I just think it's a All lower percentage. <laughs> yeah, we, everybody would watch, but of course, but I just see it as a lower percentage <laughs> than, than reality. Yeah. Danny G? Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing about Nick's comment is I didn't look at it like that from a scheduling standpoint. Um, for me, you know, I was a victim of the hype beast, you know, reading a lot of different articles. I saw that Pacquiao came out on social and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to fight. Or like, obviously it wasn't in reference to Connor, but he was just uh, feeling a little bit spicy again. So I found that very interesting. And then um, again, I saw Connor going to be fighting uh, Poirier in, in January, right? So it's like, when is there actually a runway for them to do promotion and to build in all these things um, that we normally see around fights? Um, can we hold out till next fall? Uh, it seems like, like Nick's got the schedule uh, and I don't, but uh, I, I don't know what that's going to look like either, right? Because again, you got to factor in age and um, I heard some LeBron references in there, but uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I don't know what that will look like. I would love to see it. Um, I was talking with a friend offline. I told him, you know, I think there is value in that fight there. Um, how much value? I don't know, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in seeing it. So that's kind of my take on that.
Listen, man, I don't know why y'all hating. This, this fight's going to happen, okay? Because there's money behind it. Think about, guys, this yeah. will generate so much money. People are broke. People are, are broke from COVID, right? Any yeah. investor will want to invest in something like will invest in something like this. Like Manny Pacquiao, probably one of the most like like biggest boxer right now in the world, in the world, right? And then you have McGregor. Chat, 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 right? Just like chatting. he's entertaining. This guy's a trash talker. He'll be like so funny to watch the pre, the pre like setups. Like it's it will definitely be a show. It'll be a ploy, yes. It will be very fake, but we're all gonna sit back, have our popcorn, and enjoy the show. Like there's money behind it. People will watch it. People, um, I mean, people that are marketing behind it, promote, they're all going to be behind it. So if there's money behind this fight, there will be a fight. It might not happen, like, right away, but I think it's, like, it's going to happen because Manny and McGregor wants to happen. So they're both on the same page. I think right now they're trying to create, a, 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 I guess, like, you know, like in like a soap opera, you know, you have a little intro. So it's like a little intro sure. of the drama right now. Like, oh, Manny, I can be, I can fight you. Oh, yeah? Well, I, I want to fight too. And I think right now, I'll chat back and forth to lead up to a, a story of, hey, how about we get you guys fighting next year or whatever, whatever year it is. But to me, it's going to happen. And we're all going to watch the fight as well. <laughs> Fahim, your thoughts, bro? Will they be a fight or not? Do you think there'll be a fight? <laughs> I honestly, um, so I was like more on the 60, 70. Mm. Um, I'm excited to think that we possibly uh, can get, for, well, I was excited to think that we can get Manny Pacquiao to fight, right? Once I heard who he was fighting, um, then I lost all interest. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the, the, the cross fighting situation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a fan of what happened with Floyd and Conor McGregor. Um, I'm not a fan of UFC uh, and and boxers. Um, mm. I'm just not a fan of it. I I, I think it it, it kind of tarnishes uh, the credibility of the sport. Um, I don't see how because remember Manny Pacquiao has belts. I don't. There's a lot of guys coming up under Manny Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. who would love for the opportunity, uh, such as like Danny Garcia or Errol Spence. Uh, Errol Spence, you know, already got a belt, but um, there's people who haven't had, a, had an opportunity to even fight for a belt, right? And to think that just because he's a celebrity, he can leapfrog over these people comes back to some of the, the, the problems I initially mentioned that I don't like in regard to boxing, in regards to the politics involved. Mm -hmm. um, so um, if it does happen, will I watch it? Sure, I'll watch it. Will I be happy about it? Of course not. I, I don't, you know, I don't. Realistically, if we talk top 10, in, even in that weight class, the welterweights, Conor McGregor is not in the top 10. Of course not. In that weight class. So and what like, business does he have of fighting Manny Pacquiao? Well, pretty badly. Like the fight will be over because Manny's a way better. Manny's skill sets is just too much for, for McGregor, but... I think right now, I'm not sure how the rings are for boxing. I'm not sure how they do when it comes to viewership or fan base. I, I, those numbers I'm not aware of. But if boxing feels like, hey, if we can bring people that are UFC fans into the boxing world with this fight, and maybe we can adopt some fans. Because remember, UFC is huge. Like, those that fan base is massive. So if we can get even 1% of that fan base to come over to boxing and maybe like our, our sport, why not? Right? I think in a, in a business sense, it makes sense. If, if, 
if we're looking to expand and try to get more fans into your sport, why not do it? Nick, uh, do you see, does it, she made, made a good point in regards to UFC fans possibly wanting to, uh, or have an opportunity to get UFC fans to follow boxing more. You follow both somewhat. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's already a crossover. I, I mean, I, I, hear that, I hear that, and I think that there might be mm -hmm. some truth to it, but I mean, I can only speak anecdotally, and all the fight fans that I know follow, certainly, I, I would say most people I know are, are more on the MMA side, but yeah. anytime there's like big fights happening in boxing, they're on that too. Mm -hmm. um you know so i mean i i'm in a a group chat with some of the people that i've trained with over the years and like we were going off on the the loma lopez fight so like <laughs> you know i mean again it's anecdotal and and um you know i can't speak to maybe the the casual uh ufc pay-per-view buyer mm -hmm. but like uh I would say that there's enough crossover that i'm not sure that it, that would be a primary reason why they would do it um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to factor into their business. I'm sure that they would look at that and look at those numbers and try to yeah. determine like who, how many people they're really bringing over. Mm -hmm. yeah. Any G, anything from you on this one? Uh, I'm going to hang tight. Uh, I think we chopped it up pretty good on that, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, so let's go to our second zoned in with this. Uh, we have another fight of two per, like very prominent uh, people in the sport, um, past legends. Uh, first, we have Iron Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Now, that one's, first of all, that's 100%. That's happening. So we don't have to worry about that. That's not well, a... Is it November? Like, what's the date again? November 28th? It's the 28th. November 28th. 28th. Okay. So that one, that one's that's in, the... in the Rolodex, man. Right. So Huge. go around real quick in regards to this one. Um, any pre like predictions, thoughts? Okay, I'll go first because you know you guys are more. I'll go quick. Um, so this is hard for me because I'm huge fans of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. I think Mike, he's going to be very like Mike is very aggressive fighter. So I think he's going to come off like just very aggressive, and I think Roy Jones is going to be more defensive at first because I think I think they changed actually I think they changed it yesterday to a two-minute round to kind of make it a shorter round instead of three minutes. I okay. think there'll be only eight rounds in total instead of having, like, you know, 10, 12, whatever. So all right. they're older, right? They're 50, so they can't be fighting for 12 rounds. They will all pass out. So so I think two-minute rounds is better. Eight rounds, I think, would be high-quality matches. I think if Mike gets very aggressive, that's his play, I think. If I'm Mike, I want to come out there heavy on Roy and just try to get it. But Roy is so long, and you know Roy, he's his, he's he's – his technique is so precise as well. I just feel like if Roy is able to get one hook or one like crossover, Mike is, Mike will be out. But if Mike gets one hit on Roy, that's it too. Like I think they're both powerful fighters. So I'm excited to see this match because they're both kind of opposite fighters. For me, in terms of who's gonna win, I think it's gonna be Roy, I think it'll be Roy Jones Jr. to be honest. I don't know why, but I feel like he's gonna take the match because I think he'll probably will be quicker around, quicker around the um, the ring. I think he's gonna tire Mike out because he'd be so much more aggressive. And I think by the later rounds, Roy's gonna make his move. So that's just my prediction. But yeah, uh, as a casual fan, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's, uh, I think that that's probably what most people would say. It's not, um, I don't think it's a big mystery in terms of what both guys are going to likely try to do. Um, I mean, with two minute rounds, which, yeah, I guess, I, I think even maybe a week ago or so that was announced, but um, yeah, that could play a factor because it gives, I think that puts Mike at a slight advantage there, but we're talking about guys that are in their 50s. Uh, Roy's in his 50s now, correct? Yeah, they're both 50s. Yeah. I think 54, 51. 54. Mike's 54. Um, I think but, we're 51. I think we're 50, something like that. Like, we're so far away from when they last fought. Like, I don't know what the heck to expect. The other thing, too, is that we're not really even clear about are they going to be wearing headgear? Uh, like, like how what, hard... are old men? Is that why I'm saying that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's ever been established. No. I, I don't. I don't think that we're established on that. I think um, we should because. Well, yeah, I mean, they're powerful. Who watches his Instagram? I was like, damn, Mike. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, so, so we start getting into discussions about like, okay, we're, none of us here are doctors, so like, is, is this? You know, when you say it's a hundred percent going to happen just because they got a date, I'm like, I don't know. This is a hundred percent going to happen because. What happens if um, a commission steps in and they're like, I mean, did you see that interview with Mike? Uh, what was it? I guess a few days ago. And he said he was tired, but I mean, that's a little suspicious to me. He was nodding off basically. And like, yeah, I guess a 54 year old man past 10 PM is going to start nodding off. But like, eh, I don't know, man, I could, I could definitely see a commission stepping in on this one. Maybe there's too much money involved that uh, they won't, but um, I'm, I'm not going to put it a hundred percent personally i put it at you know 90 to 95 percent just because everything's all the ball's rolling as much as it is but uh in saying that in terms of prediction honestly i have no idea if i were to guess i would probably go along with what nelly said that it's gonna be um mike coming out hard roy kind of pedaling and, and working angles and circling and um sticking the jab out there before um mike gets a little bit tired and then it'll be a sort of a decision um decision roy but um, yeah, I mean, this is just so far from them fighting, um, uh, from their fighting careers that I, I don't really know how it's going to look. But um, sorry, didn't Roy fight two years ago? Um, no, I don't think so. I'd have didn't to fight, check I, I, I remember the last fight there. I saw was like 2016, like what, what, 2000s, don't he fought like 2000s, like. Yeah, and definitely, like, not not uh, 15 years ago, for sure, like Mike. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, it's been it's been a while. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. It's been a while. How about you, Daddy G? Who do you predict is going to win this, this uh, fight? <laughs> well, first off, super hyped, super hyped for the fight. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. I know these guys are both over the hill. Um, but I think there's some nostalgia there. Um, that's cool. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's uh, – any gamers listening, but uh, it takes me back to my fight night days, right? Yes. So, so you're just kind of making those super matchups, right? Like, yeah. real runs know about fight night. Fight night was a great I've theory. got it oh, right there. It's sitting on my shelf right here. Next anyways. right here sitting on my shelf. That's not your real one. Fight night is, is big time. Um, but yeah, to focus back in, uh, believe it or not, um, I kind of have my focus on Tyson. Um, solely based on the fact maybe it's fool's gold but like the clips that i'm seeing you know granted he's training he looks really good um and i think one of the biggest things that i've been impressed with uh mike the most is it looks like he's finally like cleaned up his life like i know it's technically late but he looks like he's just focusing on 
you know, uh, wellness and trying to get himself where he needs to be. I'm sure he has the occasional drink and parties. And, I mean, it's Mike Tyson, but uh, he seems to have gotten his life on the right track. So that leaves me encouraged. Um, does that mean it's a win? I don't know. But uh, if I had to go in and pick a guy, I'd probably go with Tyson. Um, and then also to Jones Jr., he seems like he's looking for a payday. Um, I also find it very interesting that he was saying, I don't know if you guys saw his quote, he said on an interview that, you know, if he dies in there, you know, he dies. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, for the listeners, and for you, you, guys, you guys can Google that. But yeah. yeah, essentially he was saying like, you know, this is where I die. Like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, like, this is his love of the oh, passion. So just these are, I'm just here to give you guys some things to think about, but uh, to give you an answer, I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna sip on that, Roy. Please get yeah. a therapist, okay? You're dying of them. Yeah, it was right? weird. Just not, don't feel, wellness is a real thing. Let's get right. you a therapist, bro. We don't want you trying to say you're gonna yeah. die in the dream. If um, anything, I mean, we're seeing maybe in like an experiment in sports diets too. I like. I know that Mike has sort of casually talked about whatever, whatever science is behind what he's doing right now. You know, cryo or whatever all the other stuff is going on. I mean. He's probably an experiment for a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if steroids are involved here or HGH, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, is this stuff good for him? It looks good for him just based on looking at the guy. I mean, he's ripped. But, like, if I'm 54 years old and I'm working as hard as he is, I don't think I'm going to look like that. Like, you know, I, I kind yeah. of wondered about just some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. That You know, I hope that it's all above board and it's not going to hurt these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, since we're talking about Mike Tyson and what he's doing right now, so he's uh, so he's a heavy sm he smokes. Not right now, he said. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't smoke anymore. He does. So he stopped smoking while he's training. That's mm -hmm. what he said. Okay. That's what he said. So, That's what he said. So his and when I so he, um, he smokes weed, and um, his the he's uh, <laughs> he's. Uh, <laughs> the way you said that gotcha <laughs> um so uh and also for uh, not just for medicinal but also for business also so he's got his uh like business uh like his life is in check right now you know what i'm saying um yeah for sure so i just want to set that aside because i want to mention uh so we're talking about tyson and jones jr if we wheel back the, the, the hands of time here and go back to when they're actually boxing, uh, comfortably, Roy Jones was a middleweight, fought majority of his career as a middleweight. Right. Mike Tyson fought as a heavyweight. Mm -hmm. uh, in boxing, weight classes arrange around eight, eight pounds. So each eight pounds, you, it gradually goes up to each weight class, right? So back in the day, if, there was kind of rumblings of, oh, it would be cool to see these guys fight but it was never realistic because Roy Jones, it's either Tyson has to lose weight and come down or Roy Jones has to gain weight and come up. But, but, but didn't yeah. Roy Jones fight heavyweight once? Did he not yeah. fight? Uh, later okay. in his career, yes. But oh, like okay. his natural fight weight is a middleweight, right? Okay. Um, Tyson wasn't a big heavyweight, for instance. So um, uh, like the, I think it's 220. 220. Yeah, 220. So he would have fought, even after he rehydrated after the weigh-in, he'd probably be around, you know, 225, 230 maybe, you know? So he wasn't a huge um, heavyweight. Um, but so now here we are present day where 
they're probably both um, out of shape <laughs> and in the heavyweight division, right? So uh, Tyson, I see the clips, look so impressive, right? But it's different. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, someone shooting threes in an empty gym. Jay you Cole, Jay Cole. <laughs> you know, like you shoot the in an empty gym, there's no pressure, you know, you get that right, re that right release on it, you know, but then, you know, you do it in front of 20,000 people um, with someone in your face and it's a different shot, right? So Roy Jones was clearly the better technical boxer. Uh, Tyson had more power. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking at this age, uh, I just, I just see Tyson throwing a hard shot and Roy Jones just not oh. being able to like oh, to yeah. recover at his age. Yeah. Um, but we have to keep in mind, I'll look this up because this is something coming right now, but uh, George Foreman, he was once the oldest heavyweight champion. 48. Anyone know the age? I think 48, if I'm not mistaken. 48. Okay, I'm just going to. I'd have to look it up. No, no, so I'm just going to do it right now. I, I, so, I so wish George Foreman fought uh, Mike Tyson. That would have been. Like that was one match that I wish like, but I think Mike was in jail, right? Something like that, so you couldn't fight him. But that would have been amazing if back in the day that fight that fight happened. Because I think the thing with Mike is that Mike never really fought like I, I think someone something I read about how Mike didn't really fight any big like huge names compared to other fighters, and that's why he's always like never considered one of the best because who he fought against versus other fighters weren't as like you know higher ranked, right? Mm -hmm. So. But if that would have happened, that would have been huge, man. Foreman and Mike. Oh, yeah, that would have been big. So I just checked here. We got Foreman at 45. 45. So, I mean, we're still talking, you know, about, about an eight-year eight difference. But the also difference also is Foreman at the 45 would have been a lot more active. You know what I'm saying? Like, he hung up, the, but he was still somewhat active training. Just like, he didn't just go from, like, you know, uh, smoking weed to saying, okay, you know what? I want to fight eight rounds. You know what I'm saying? Like he actually took it seriously. Yeah. He was so, slinging grills. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, there actually, there are many players who smoke weed in NFL and NBA. Eh? <laughs> so don't, don't, don't think weed's going to make you not play or perform well. Oh no, no, no. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Many people do that for, because you know what? A lot of athletes prefer weed um, versus like painkillers, right? You know, right. And, and, so and, and I, I agree hundred percent of taking like those addictive drugs. 100%. I'm pro weed over pro painkillers and horse pills and all them stuff. I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Horse pills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's true, though. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and we, so once again, Nelly J, who you got is winning. You got Roy okay, Jones. Roy Jones Jr. Uh, Nick. Man, I'll take Roy. Roy. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going Tyson. Yeah. Okay. I'm going with Tyson too. Okay. We got a chance to look back at this and see. Um, last one we got is who's your goat? So for boxing right now, uh, just real quick, just give me, just give me your goat and in maybe one minute, just kind of summarize why Nelly J. My goal is so tough for me because I had a couple kind of people that were close. I like just need one. I know. Okay. So I'm going to go with Ali, Muhammad Ali. That's my mm. goat. I'm sorry. Mm. 56 wins, only five losses, three heavyweight. Who, like who he fought 
like who he fought, the caliber of fights. I think he defended the title like 19 times. Uh, after he retired, ambassador for peace, everything. Like he's the GOAT for me, hands mm -hmm. down. That's it. I rate that. I rate that. Nick. Yeah, this is, a, again, a longer than a one-minute discussion. Yes, exactly. I, I, have a really, I have a really hard time answering this question at all. There's, there's a lot of reasons why. Mm -hmm. But I think that I would probably go with the Lee as well. But um, just to be different, I'm going to go with Manny, actually. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah. really? Go okay. ahead. Go, yeah. like, okay, go ahead. Um, sixth division champion. Yeah. Uh, he also fought everybody. You know, he didn't mind taking risks, unlike you-know-who. Um, well, he took, he, took, he took risks Lloyd. too. To be fair, he took risks too, but right. not in the way that I think that um, you know Manny or um, like Roberto Duran did as well, where they're just like they're real fighters. Um, yeah. They're not just like, or no, so they're all real fighters, but they weigh the fighting game I think a little bit heavier than the uh, business game. And mm -hmm. like you know, I don't. To me, the the loss blemish doesn't hurt them necessarily over the whole career if you consider every all the other variants i like i like that take danny g um i'm going with ali too as well um i mean the, the record speaks for himself i believe it's 56 wins um 21 year professional career and then the, the heavyweight three times that's wild Mm -hmm. um, regardless, he had to lose it to win it again. But I think that's um, a pretty cool fact. And then uh, my last thing, too, that I really loved about Ali is the social justice issues. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it was a different time then, but uh, his advocacy, I thought, was uh, definitely admirable. So I'm going to rock with Ali for this. I rate that, too. Uh, for me, I'm going... I'm going way back. I'm going to the 50s. I knew it. I, I know I know you're going to pick. I know you're going to pick already, but go ahead. All right. I'm going to go with Sugar, Sugar Ray Sugar Robinson. Sugar Ray, I knew it. Wow. I, listen, okay. I was like, oh, so you're oh. going to pick Sugar Ray because remember for the Gopher basketball, you picked the, the oldest player. So I'm like, knowing for him fashion, he's picking Sugar Ray Robinson. Hey. For sure. For hey, I'm sure. A, I'm, a historian, I'm a historian of the fight game, man. Like, so, I, I know that's your boy. All right, it. so let's 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 go through this real quick. Uh, we're talking about records. Um, so nowadays fighters in uh, a career, for instance, Floyd was like fifty fights roughly. Um, Manny's about sixty fights. So uh, in today's climate, you're getting about 50, 60. Mm -hmm. Sugar Ray Robinson, his record was one hundred and seventy-three wins, nine losses. Yeah. He's fought 200 fights over his career. Uh, the word pound for pound that we use so common in nowadays in, in, our, in, in our lingo, uh, the reason why they invented it was because of Sugar Ray Robinson, because he was a welterweight. And at the time, heavyweights, that was like, that was a dream division. Everyone follows the heavyweights. Mm -hmm. But his boxing at the time was so elite that they had to say, okay, you know what? This guy's a welterweight at 150. You know, what do, we, what do we call this guy? So that's why they invented the term pound for pound to say, you know what, regardless of your weight class, how do you rank? And he's obviously number one pound for pound for his career. Um, There's a time in his career, he was 128 and one. Mm -hmm. I'll repeat that. 128 wins and one loss. And he had a 91 fight unbeaten streak. Yes. 91 fights. One last thing I want to say with this also. He 
Sugar Ray Robinson to have those amount of fights over, remember, and he retired uh, in his late 30s, like 38, 39, so around the same time as normal, which means today's fighter, uh, you fight if you're, if you're maybe twice a year, right? Realistically, what do you say, Nick, Nick, Danny G, Nelly J, about twice a year you're fighting, right? Yeah. Top guys yeah, once twice. even. Right. Yeah. Uh, for the first eight years of his career, as a professional, he was fighting two fights a month. Twice a month. Yeah, that's a lot. Think about it's, that. It's You're funny because someone... like he was like my second number number two because Ali picked him as his, like Ali said that was a favorite right. boxer growing up. Right. Ali said right. that his because Ali's goal was Sugar Ray Robinson. You know what I mean? So it's kind right. of cool how like he influenced Ali to box and do what he did. So I totally right. understand Sugar Ray. Like he's he, he's an icon for sure. For sure. So I'm just uh, gonna jump in real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Why why I kind of preface by saying it was a longer conversation is exactly yeah, yeah. is exactly related to No, 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 continue, continue. We, we got time. It's okay. Go ahead. And that's because like if 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 we want to talk about the whole history of the sport, I mean mm -hmm. you could throw in Jack Johnson in there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. Willie Peck, I don't know. Yeah, I mean Marciano yeah. as well, but like nah. you know, if you yeah, maybe not, but regardless, <laughs> like, you know. Really? If Joe my Lewis. issue, my issue with going back that far is that we're we're talking like we're talking about guys again who fought every two weeks. I mean, it's just it's such a different situation. The whole like I just don't think it's comparable. I think for mm -hmm. me, you kind of draw. I think you kind of have to draw a line, and maybe you draw a line for different reasons. One of them is our access to the footage. I mean, how can you really judge it without being able to watch like a whole bunch of fights? You know, with, but you, can, you can't though. watch the film. You can. Well, you can watch highlights. You can't. No, you can. On the on, you can go on YouTube right now, and I and play everyone too. Maybe to Robinson. That. Maybe Robinson. Right. Yeah, yeah. Robinson. You can but, watch. But you and can't. You can't watch some of the other guys who also have like two hundred fights. You know, like yeah, you can watch Robinson. You can watch a lot of clips, and maybe like five to ten fights max. Well, um, like, you're saying like, but. But, is he fighting like people that are like you know 19 and have no record you know what i mean like, that's part of it that's part of it. Is also so let me answer that actually also. that comes from a time when you were fighting like your boxer and your matchmaker was like okay there's this guy in like tennessee down, tennessee you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying who's who's made his way through the ranks they make the match you go and you fight at a neutral ground yeah so, mm -hmm. uh, if there's one thing about his res see how you mentioned about Manny Pacquiao's resume, I totally agree. Um, you know, if you if you look through, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing to doubt in regards to Sugar Ray Robinson's uh, resume. Like he, uh, I want to. So this is not something to brag about because it's actually sad, but it goes to show his greatness. Um, at 150 pounds, that's just an average man welterweight. This man went, uh, he was supposed to fight uh, the next person up, he's supposed to fight him. He had a dream that he had killed the man in the ring with an uppercut. Um, he went to the commissioner and asked them to stop the fight. They had to bring in a priest and a minister to talk to him to say, you know what, it's just a dream, it's not real, etc. Yeah. They went, they continued on with the fight. The next week, in the eighth round, he hit him with a, a shot in the eighth round, and the power of it killed the man in the ring. Wow. Like, now, the good thing about that, that's rather unfortunate. The good thing is, though, um, 
the person he fought was the winning earnings from that was supposed to go to his buying his mother a house. So Sugar Ray Robinson took his winnings for the next four fights. Cause remember, it's not like Floyd where you fight and you, you can retire. Yeah. He fought out of necessity. So yeah. his next four or five fights, he gave the money to, uh, that boxer's family to build the house, et cetera. So, you know, some, but I mean, like this guy, he had unbelievable, he had boxing skill, he had power, he had, he was like the ultimate complete boxer. If you're to piece together, a, he's, he's the one. Go ahead, Nick. I think you want to say something. Um, well, I mean, we should probably move on, but uh, there's definitely, I think, a, a lot more to this conversation that um, in terms of like comparing the eras and that sort of thing, I think it's, really difficult but for me it, it, it one of the main things that i'm going to consider when i'm going to consider a greatest is what their skills look like to me in the ring as well and like if i can't go back and, and really kind of watch a whole bunch of their fights or analyze to me like okay maybe we can include robinson just because of you know there is a lot more footage there but unless i'm watching the films of some of the older guys i sort of don't feel qualified to be able to answer it in the same way that I can, like maybe watching, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Ali. Lots of different metrics. Ali. Kumbaya. <laughs> Go for me. <laughs> all, all your answers I like, though. I like, yeah. I, I agree. Muhammad Ali, Manny Pacquiao. I would choose Manny Pacquiao's uh, resume over Floyd. He's, he's my top five, Fanny, for sure. Yeah. My top five. Is everyone here? Does anyone have Floyd Mayweather, who one would consider the goat? And if you're a casual, have him in your top five. Anybody? He's oh, top, top five, five for sure. Absolutely. Really? Mayweather, yeah, top three, top probably. Five. Really. I, I have Mike Tyson before May. To be honest. Same. I have Mike. I have Sugar Ray. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get. It. I give him top ten for sure. He's top ten, oh for sure. Yeah, I but think, top I five, think, like, I, I, I don't know. Man. For sure. I don't know. He was upset about that. I think May was like he should be the greatest, and he put a whole thing as to why he should be the greatest. But I just feel like you know Mayweather. Uh, it's so much. I think he picks and chooses who he wants to fight, and I just wish he fought like the best fighters that were out there, and not fight who he thinks he can beat. You know what I right. mean? Right. That's what I'm like. And Matt, even Manny Pacquiao's fight. Like Manny had an injured shoulder. Like I feel like fight him when he's not injured. Like Floyd. They're like, always I don't know. dealing with stuff, though. They're always dealing with stuff. No, I, I mean, know, but I'm just saying, though. Like I feel like I don't know. Uh, my opinion is just that even that fight, I was like, if Manny fought him again, I think he would win. To be honest, I think he would win a beat him in a second chance fight against me. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I think he would. You know? it's just, it's a bad style for Manny. It's just right. it's not a good style for me. I think it would end up the exact same way. Well, yeah, because Floyd you know, is just mastered. very defensive, right? He just plays yeah. defense the entire time, and then he tires you out, and then he just makes his move. I get that, but He's I think Matt would probably adjust style. for that. No, no, <laughs> like no. Same <laughs> result. Same result. Exact same result. And I have Manny higher, but it's yeah. just it's just a bad matchup. I mean, Floyd has just mastered a very specific thing, you know, yeah. and it's like. He's figured out how to maximize your winning potential within the the uh, physical boundaries of the of the ring, and with the rules and with mm -hmm. that rule set. And if another guy comes along and kind of can can harness that and put it into his own way, he'll probably do the same thing. I mean, he just nice. he just doesn't get hit. You know, it's the well, least doesn't. it's the least yeah. entertaining boxing, except unless like certain coaches, certain coaches will will like they love watching Floyd, but like. The majority of us 
you know, we just mm. don't like watching it because it's not a boxing match. It's just like an avoidance match with like <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of enough just to get some points. Right. And that's that's great. I mean, you're getting wins, but like, you know, I mean, it doesn't help his uh, it doesn't help his goat argument for sure, which I know that that's what he cares about, I think, more than probably anything else. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go to For the Culture. Culture. So, guys, this is For the Culture. You know, we want to keep it nice and tight. But this kind of want to uh, kind of um, kind of build on what we just discussed in Zoned and Zoned Out. So we want to kind of highlight um, something that Mike Tyson has been working on um, tirelessly. And I want to know if you guys even think it will happen. It's called uh, League of Legends. And I think his vision is to have um, all these old players who kind of don't get signed anymore for basketball, tennis, and other sports. And they have their own league where, you know, all the grandpas can play. <laughs> Sorry, but that's real. Where, you know, so where the older guys can play, um, play sports, and, you know, be able to compete. Because, you know, as an athlete, right, you kind of, you know, prepare to be an athlete, like, all your life. And what he was saying is hard to kind of turn that off. Like, imagine, you know, from when you're a kid, you want to be a boxer. You box until you get 35, 38. You retire, but then what, then what do you do, right? And mental health, people do get depressed because they're not fighting, fighting anymore. They're not playing basketball anymore. So he wanted to create a space where athletes can kind of still harness, can still train and, and still perform, but in a league that will kind of highlight that, yeah, we're older, but we're still got a lot of skills and, and we're also very competitive. So um, what's your thoughts on that? Fahim, I know you kind of wanted to you know, bring this up today. What's your thoughts on this league? Do you think it's actually going to happen ever? Because I think he just started off, but like, do you think it's actually realistic for him to get this done? And do you think there's an ROI in this entire in this entire adventure for him? Mm. Um, yes, I do think it's going to happen. Uh, this actually, this fight that we were mentioning, uh, Tyson mm. Roy Jones Jr., it's actually uh, the promotion company behind it is uh, League of Legends. Mm -hmm. And they're the one that's actually, when it's going to pay-per-view, it's going to be through that. So this is like, if you're Mike Tyson, it's like your perfect intro of your project, you know, because I'm pretty sure that night uh, there's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of advertisements around it, uh, advertising the League of Legends. Um, so that's first. Also, I think, I think it's we're in a we're we're not like a reality type situation where like people are very uh, they like to see uh, celebrities um, in situations that they're not usually in in different scenarios in different situations mm -hmm. so i mean uh one thing about athletes when they retire uh we i think we do a good job of of recognizing what they've done uh or how they felt how, how they made you feel as, as players uh while while they retired like we don't forget them you know what i'm saying so i think with this i can totally see if you have say for instance uh you know old tennis matches like say uh john McEnroe against jimmy connors that was one way back in the day you know what i'm saying yeah. i could see um people who like tennis or maybe even don't like tennis if it's being marketed right wanted to like tune in and see that or if you see you know um what are the like old basket basketball players i could see that like I think it's really well, like the big three to me. Is that the, I think the big three to me uh, is like that old. The big like that's three, really yes. like the old man like league, right? Big right, three, like and the big three older. does it, it does it does good in marketing, and there's actually a, there's a market for the big three, right? So, mm. um, 
I think it's, it's really good. And especially having Mike Tyson behind it, I think it actually gives motivation for other older players uh, to want to come out of retirement to be part of it because Mike Tyson, his, his name is strong, not just in boxing, but just period. Yeah. Um, what do you say? Danny. Danny G, what do you say? Uh, I like it. I like it. I think, uh, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying in terms of like Tyson really tapping into uh, wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I guess my link to that is, you know, this is an initiative that I think can only produce positivity, right? Like giving guys who have found success in their career an opportunity to kind of jump start it again. Um, you know, I know the acronym is a little bit tricky because it's, it's LOL, but, uh, <laughs> I can see how people can run with that. Uh, I can see how people can run with that, but, uh, honestly, I like it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I don't know, you know, how legit it will get, but, uh, again, I don't know who Mike Tyson is surrounding himself with these days, but he's coming up with, um, ideas that are at least getting people talking, and yeah. again, you know, he's a household name, but I think he's starting to, you know, spin things on a, from a positive standpoint. So that's my take on that. Mm, that's nice, so Nick. Yeah, I think similarly, um, just, you know, from the, the putting on the capitalist hat, I mean, Mike's definitely playing with ideas. I think, I think it's his wife. He seems to give a lot of credit to his wife. I think she's sort of the savvy one who kind of recognizes um, the uh, sort of potential in him putting him in a in a positive uh, path, but also utilizing what he knows. Um, so it's cool in that regard. Um, I think that if it was boxing only, you would probably be somewhat limited. I mean, maybe you could get like Lewis out, maybe you could get like the Klitsch goes out, something like that. But like the fact that he's sort of um, talking about you know if, if this is going to involve other sports and like tennis i think is a great example or maybe you could you could um bring it out in other sports where guys aren't going to get hurt um the the physical risk is a little lower and you could maybe build yourself up over a six month training camp let's say to at least be respect respectable so that if people are going to pay for this product it's not just going to be a total joke so that right. they're going to because i mean all it would take is one time of it turning into a, a sham or somebody getting hurt or whatever. And then, you know, after that, people aren't going to tune in or they're not going to pay for it anymore. So they have to be very careful, I think, the way that they, they market it and the way that um, they set the expectations for the audience and also the athletes. Yeah, I think you guys all made good points. Um, I really think that they have to adjust a lot of stuff. Like, I can't see these 50-year-old NBA players running down a full court like, I think they're going to be, no. I don't know, like, I feel like they'll probably be tired by, like, third quarter. So they may have to, like, you know, shorten the quarters, make it a bit more competitive, maybe have, like, each match, like, you know, all-star, you know, each match will go towards charity. I just feel like that's has been more to this than just old men playing, because I feel like that, 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 that product is not just good enough. I think they have to add other layers of charities, other layers of ventures to make this a bit better product. I think I read somewhere that they said that their concern is that they don't think people are going to pay pay-per-view for Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. because they are older and they're in their 50s. Like, what, do, what kind of quality boxing will you, will you actually get? So they might get first-time people buy into it, but if this doesn't go as well as people want it to go, it might be detrimental. So I just hope that they have different ways because I think, especially with now with basketball um, and, and even like football and tennis, I think that's to be a better fit for this as well, but I think they're going to have to really 
package it in a really good package to sell this to the masses. I think they'll get a small niche of people, maybe between the ages of like 35 to like older, but you know, mass people are younger, right? So how we get these younger guys to want to watch these games? So mm. like, will you add, you know, one young man in each game? Like, I don't know, right? But you have to make it interesting. So hopefully, yeah. you know, they have some ideas to make it more appealing to all age groups, not just only the old people. So that's not, that, that won't be enough for, for money-wise. <laughs> right. It won't be. Uh, so coming to what, uh, Nick, you brought up some names. So Nelly J, what you're saying about uh, they have to, uh, like marketing, getting behind market behind it. Yeah. So you have Tyson Roy Jones Jr., in which mm -hmm. people will tune in. Yeah. Um, but if you stick with boxing and you, as you mentioned, the Klitsch, uh, Klitschko brothers, right? Yeah. Um, they've been retired. They would be definitely, I think, they are definitely Hall of Fame legends, right? Um, well, definitely Vladimir. Um, I don't know if people would, would tune in to see old Vladimir Klitschko against, you know, his brother. Like, I, I just don't think they, even when they're, even while they're popping in the, in the 2000s and they're heavyweight champ, no, I, I have a feeling they were, that's a time when people kind of tuned out. That's like uh, of the heavyweight division. Wouldn't Nick, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Like people I really- think, uh, I, I would have to look at metrics for that. I mean, certainly in the Western hemisphere, maybe. Right. So I, I don't know, like, I mean, Russia's a big place. No, you know? I get it. So, but, like, I don't want to discount whatever audience was being drawn in Eastern Europe. And I know that that was kind of like the Eastern European era of boxing. Mm -hmm, and, like, right. it wasn't, you know, marketed to the USA and Canada for our, from our perspective. So I, I can't really judge that. But, um, but, I mean, I think that certainly in any boxing circles that I'm aware of, mm. the you know, the Klitschko name's huge and, like, they they right now i mean if, if you rematch joshua which with vladimir right now pulling vladimir out of retirement i mean that fight would be huge you could fill at wembley again no problem with that right. fight right now right so like you know as a league of legends thing okay well maybe not but uh, i mean i think the names are big enough that like i don't know if we really want to get that specific but um you know, uh, in terms of other, I, I, the tennis thing's great. I mean, I'd love to see Sampras Agassi. That would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's like our generation, like when right. we were kids, right? Like that was that matchup. I would love mm -hmm. to see that person. That'd be great. You know, that kind of takes away from the question, but that's so what I'd want to see. Do you think that the League, uh, League of Legends could do well without having North America? I don't no. think so. I think no. North America has to be, has to embrace this in order for Fair. us to... Mm -hmm. yeah but i mean you don't put the klitschko's in no american names like right, right. you know you you mix it up right 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 that's fair yeah but I, th I mean i think it's great i think you'll give these athletes a good outlet i think sometimes these guys you know retiring could be very boring um especially you know, remember, yeah plus like you know the average athlete retires at what age like 39 40 like they retired at a pretty young age compared to other professions. So they have half their life to live and they're just home, you know, doing broadcasting and they're just like, damn it, I want to play, you know, like they're not, yeah. they're not but on the they, court. But they've carried forward forward with probably a lot of these injuries also. You yeah, know, like this course. is their life, time of their life where they're probably recovering from all the work they've done in their early 20s, 30s and, and uh, late 30s, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, shout out to Mike Tyson with the League of Legends. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, Danny G. I think it's cool. No, I, 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 again, I completely love what he's doing. Um, I think it's, 
I think it can work. And to kind of echo what um, Nelly was saying, like, you got to give these guys a platform, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the more they age, the more they still crave, you know, the attention or, you know, even if it's a 30 to, to 90 second clip on social, they love that, right? Like, I think the other day I bumped into uh, Latrobe Sprewell's Instagram account and I'm just like, <laughs> this guy is like dying for relevancy <laughs> capacity, right? So that kind of goes back to, you know, when you look at what Titan is doing, it's like, just give them something to do, you know, right. and mm-hmm. uh, see, see where it goes. So yeah. That's my take. Nice. All right. So last one, let's go to that's absurd. Third. So he most absurd this week, bro. Oh man. Absurd. So I'll let you expand on it, but it goes like this. There's a promotional, uh, a promotion, a promotional poster for the Denver nuggets talking about um, the legends of Denver, Denver basketball. And they had five players. They had Alex English. They had Nick Van Exel. They had Dikembe Matumbo. They had Chauncey Billups. And I'm missing a fifth. You got Joker and Joker. Jokic, yes. So that's five. They did not include there in that top five, Carmelo Anthony. Absurd. Absurdity, I think. Nick, I will go to you first before now I'll let you finish with this. Nick, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist, but it does seem absurd. You know, it does kind of seem passive aggressive. I was going to say, like, are, are there any um, current players there? Because then you could at least excuse it with like, okay, well, they're all retired, but obviously. Right. Well, Joker's on it. That's why exactly. Joker's playing. So there is one current player. So then it does kind of. I mean, I, the only thing I would question is maybe their rationale, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Maybe their rationale was like, okay, um, a product like he's still playing; he's he's not our property right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know you don't really want to put him in a in a Denver jersey on a promotional thing. That's the only just to maybe give them some leeway on it, but otherwise, it, it it's hard not to look passive aggressive. There, they had to have been aware of it when they were putting it out there. So, I mean, I, you got to go with absurd on that one and you got to assume that it was a shot at him. Hmm. Yeah. Danny G. Yeah, like uh, this is this is a very interesting topic, just being a marketing guy. Um, that's my line of work. Um, I find it fascinating that this probably went through a variety of different channels before it got <laughs> to um, social platforms. Um, and I think this was intentional. Um, I think it was a slight, um, and uh, I think Melo should have been on there. You know, when you think of of the Nuggets, I think a lot of people think of Melo, and a lot of our memories are, are short sighted, to be, believe it or not, especially this generation. Um, and you know, you think you think of Carmelo Anthony when you think of Denver Nuggets. So, um, no disrespect to the guys that were on there, but I do feel this was intentional. I do think a lot of different people were able to kind of create a touch point on it before it got to us. Um, and I, I don't know what their thought process was with it. I don't know if they're hating because he had such a great year in Portland. But, uh, yeah, I, it, it didn't fly with me at all. And I'm not even a big mellow guy, but you got to put some respect on his name. So that's where I'm at with that. No doubt. Nelly J. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of add to what Fahim said. So it actually asks a question, who is your favorite nugget of all time, right? 
And the fact that you don't have Melo, like, first of all, Joker is still playing. So I don't think he should have been on the poster, to be honest. Like, I feel like it should have been about, you know, all the previous players that came to Nuggets and no longer plays there. And I feel like what Melo has done for the Nuggets, he, like, before Melo, I didn't really care for, like, I, I didn't watch Nugget games until Melo played there. Like, I didn't watch a Nugget game until he played with Chauncey. Like, I didn't care for the Nuggets at all. The so next years were played. good with my friends, too. Pardon yeah. me? Yeah. Oh. So the next years were good too. The next years, yeah. No, and Matumbo, I think, yeah. I'm saying, but like during that time, like when Melo was playing on that team, I watched right. it because of Melo during right. that era, right? So before that, like so for me, it's like Melo was a household name. He was an all star. He had scoring titles. Like this guy was, you know what I mean? Like he was an all, like he's a really good scorer. Probably was the least scorer at the time of the Nuggets team. And so. I felt that they were trying to be disrespectful on purpose. I think it was an actual shot at Melo. And I think Portland, funny, yeah. so Portland at the same time put a poster out saying the same question, but they added Melo to their poster to say, hey, well, he's our favorite on our on our team. You know, as a, because even, and like, so everyone thought it was absurd. Like, to be honest, to not have Melo as a top five franchise, remember, who's your wow. franchise player? Who's your franchise player for, for a decade? So why wouldn't you have him up there? Like, right. I think it's very disrespectful. I think the Nuggets organization, the marketing team, it's definitely done on purpose for sure to slight him. And I mm -hmm. hope, I hope this pushes Melo to even. I hope when Melo plays them again in the future, I hope he does some damage on them because that's just <laughs> that, that to me was just really disrespectful mm. on all fronts. <laughs> all fronts. <laughs> no, I, I agree with the floor. You guys took all my points. I was thinking, and you ran with them. So I've really nothing to add, to, no value to add to this conversation right now in regards to this topic. Like you guys covered all points. Uh, yeah, it's just completely absurd. Uh, I'm kind of, if anything, Nick, what you what you mentioned in regards to possibility of uh, not wanting to include a, a, a current player, and uh, what Danny G, what you mentioned uh, in regards to the different channels that it have to go to, like, yeah, this is this is, this is kind of a no brain situation. It, it is absurd, just just in just in the fact that. We can all agree that Nick Van Exel was a really good point guard, but he was not Carmelo Anthony in a Denver Nuggets in uniform. So, Dan, can I just ask a question, just from a marketing standpoint? Um, sure. Do you think that, like, to what to what end? Let's just say that we're all right that this was kind of like a, a weird um, kind of slight towards him. From a marketing perspective, to what end? Like, is it just because, like, let's say one of the owners or somebody in management was just like, screw that guy? Or do you think it was like maybe just to, to engage in some sort of conversation and get that Denver jersey out there and in the media? Like, why, why, why would they even bother doing it? I think, I think, I think for me, um, I think the idea came from a pure standpoint. Like, they were like, hey, let's do this. But I do think. Uh, when these ideas start in their inception, their genesis mode, it kind of takes on a life of its own. And I think what happened, again, I don't have the facts, but I think what happened was, is there someone in there that has had a gripe with him or whatnot? And that obviously started to take on some runaway too as well. And before you know it, they were just like, you know what, let's leave them out. And then there's buy-in from other people. And like, I think it just really, it started small and then it began to grow. I don't think from the beginning they were like, hey, let's leave them off. I think they probably did have him included. And then someone was like, ah, that's that guy. And it kind of just started taking shape of its own. 
Um, and I think they also too threw it out there to see, you know, what would the reaction be? Because if it's the one thing I noticed, especially on Twitter, is those at replies, you know, there's so many different things happening in there. There's bots, there's actual people, you know, that are really trying to get their chat off. So uh, there's a lot of things factoring in, uh, but I definitely think it was all, all intentional, you know? So, so you're saying that so much to like a Starbucks promo, Dan? Like, you know how Starbucks, like, they always spell your name wrong on purpose? Or saying that Denver Nuggets knew uh, that they were going to do this on, to generate, like, traction on, on, like, the retweets and their marketing? Clickbait. So, so yeah, like, my, my answer, you know, Nick, that's a great question. My answer is tricky because I do think they probably had him in it, but I also think they wanted to take him out of it. You know, like, and, and that's kind of the narrative that went with it uh, based on Gripe's within the organization and like you know maybe they were excited about the shine that he had with portland or like granted there was a new york chapter in between there so there's a lot of different things it's really difficult to answer but that's kind of my perspective on okay well let's throw this episode in the books number 10 bop, bop, number 10 number 10 so i all know it's about to do our shout out so i'm gonna start off with nick we can shout out today, brother. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> shout out. I'm gonna shout out my dad. Who, who, you know what? I'll even get him to listen to this too. He won't understand any of it, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna shout out my dad because um, he's working hard right now. He's an old man, but he's working hard. And um, just uh, respect to my dad. Nice. That's sweet. What about you, Danny G? Um. Uh... No direct shout out, but I know that I am going to take flack in the Bring It On Fantasy group when they do hear this and they hear my leaf slug at the beginning, as well as a variety of other things that I say, because I tend to be the guy that uh, really moves the needle uh, in the group. So I'm looking forward to just the feedback from there. But shout out to them, man. That's probably one of my favorite WhatsApp groups. And I'm not a WhatsApp group guy, but uh, I figured I'd give them their shout out uh, and they'll listen to this for sure. So. I will say that group is probably one of our top supporters. They listen to all our episodes. They're always giving yeah, back. Sure. Shout out to our fantasy yep. basketball group for sure. And Dan actually won last year. So Yeah, 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 yeah. He won and I, I, last I year. won again this year. And they're gonna they're gonna hate me even more for saying I won again this year in the COVID season because they're gonna say it's an illegitimate ring, and it is, but uh, I mean that's for another day. So <laughs> that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> so my shout out is to a special young Canadian NFL player that has been, I think he's the fifth, had, had the fifth most touchdowns. Um, he had six touchdowns in the first six games. The, he tied for with the five other like Hall of Famer, like Randy Moss. The man's name is Chase Claypool. If you don't know who he is, yeah. he's a Steeler Nation. Steeler, right? Yeah. Steeler fan from Notre Dame, but he grew up in BC. I think he had a poll, and he said the poll um, voted him as the Mapletron, you know, Megatron, Mapletron. But then his teammates laughed at him. They're like, bro, they call you no Mapletron, bro. So get a new name. But um, no, big up Chase Claypool. Honestly, as a, a football fan um, and a Canadian, seeing someone, you know, doing what he's doing right now, every, like the last couple of weeks, four touchdowns this week, like two, like this guy is going off. So big up Chase. Big up. I hope you have a long career and hopefully we can do the only one you want week when you do more. So yeah. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. All right. I'll keep this quick first. 
I want to shout out Nick's dad. You made it to the episode. <laughs> we salute you and thank you very Thanks much for, for making it through. Your son, he did himself proud tonight. Uh, next, I want to shout out uh, my boy Shane, Shane Barnswell. He's a listener, always hitting me up. Um, I want to hit, hit up uh, Chris Pullman also. Someone always texting, give me uh, his, his, his two cents. And... Lastly, Mike from TP, he knows who he is. He's somebody also hitting me up. So I just want to give out some personal people that after episode drops, okay. you just keep texting me right after, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate episode 10 you. in the books. Good Tuesdays. You Good know what Tuesdays. Do, you know Check where to us find out, us. Subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's right. Good Tuesdays. And we out. Peace. Peace.